Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patra. I'm really excited to be launching off season two with one of my favorite people ever. So everyone welcome Amanda. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's good. I get to be on this side of the interview. I know. It's such a change up. (laughs) I love it. Great. All right. So can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself in case they don't follow me or you online? Okay, so I am Amanda. I go by Amanda Muse online. I am, let's see, I'm a YouTuber and have been one for nearly eight years. I am a mom of two. I have a daughter, Esme, who's eight, and a son, Jack, who's six. Okay, what else do I do? So I'm on Instagram. I do all the things, right, that content creators do. Um, But I try to do it like in a fun way. I talk about mom life. I talk about being a woman, things that impact us as women, in our daily lives. I talk about mental health. I have dance parties. I try to do social media in a way that is like non-threatening and very inclusive. Um, Oh, and I also have a podcast called The Sandwich. Awesome. And we have known each other for a long, long time. I was trying to figure out exactly how long earlier today going through pictures. Mm. I remember first day I met you. I remember the day, too. I just don't remember the year. (laughs) Okay, well, how old would you have been? Let me see. Marcus was brand new. So a friend of ours was having a birthday party. Yes. Oh, yeah. This was was a squishy baby. This was Phoebe's birthday. Yes. So she must have been like, what, four? If that. Maybe three. You know what? Maybe three. Well, Marcus is in pre-K. Yeah, so he is like four turning five. That's crazy. Four, almost five years. Yeah. He was really new. That makes sense because Jack was just barely walking. He wasn't really jumping or running yet. No, he was doing like the army crawl. Oh my God. Yes. It was like that weird like dragging leg thing. <laughs> You're I like, what? Thing. What's going on? You were like yeah. this fresh faced teenager. Yeah. Holding a baby. I was a new mom. Let's be real. I zoned in. I was like, wait a minute. That is fresh <laughs> babysitting blood. So... And then we started talking. Yeah, I will. I remember you had this like hat on and I'm not a hat person. I was like, I would never pull that off, but (laughs) you do. And you sat beside me and you're like, so what do you watch on YouTube? And I'm like, man, I don't watch YouTube. I don't know. I know. That's my usually my first line with teenagers. Now it's more like, are you on TikTok or Instagram? (laughs) So I I keep it modern. The young ones. Yeah. Modern. But I was like, what do we have in common? I don't know. You're a teenager. So we got to talking and then um, you were telling me about a trip you were going to go on. Which I don't think ended up happening, but it was... I don't think so. No, but as life happens, I had trips yes. when I was a teenager that I didn't go on either. Um, but we got to talking, and then you started kind of babysitting here and there. Yeah, it was every so often, and then for a while there, it was like a lot. <laughs> and yeah. and then I think it was the trip, like the work trip that you had. Oh, right. Yeah, that I came on with. And then, okay, because the funny part was I was looking, I was, so here I was like building this online business, creating content, starting to work with brands. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like swimming in work. I could totally use help. And I was like trying to find someone. And finally one day, I remember you were sitting on the stairs at my old house and you were like, I could do it. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. I I remember the stairs. Oh my God. Why didn't I think about that? So then we just kind of started and then naturally, you know, time ebbs and flows and here we are. You have your own podcast. I know. Crazy. (laughs) I love it. Crazy. All the baby steps. I know. Um, So tell us a little bit, because I always find it very interesting, about your history in terms of where you're from, where you live, where you have lived, and how those have kind of shaped you as a person. Sure. Okay. So let's see. So I am from a suburb in Montreal, but I usually just say Montreal because that's easier. Absolutely. Um, But from an English anglophone as they would say in Quebec but an English-speaking suburb so I grew up in Quebec and then when I was 19 um, I don't know if you knew this but my uncle had seen some um, little articles in the newspaper like advertisements for flight attendant jobs in it was based in Toronto but training was in Montreal and he was like wait a second Amanda's finished in college like I didn't really know what I wanted to do next I knew I wanted to get the heck out of Montreal I needed to like start life um and so I had this headshot and a resume so I sent it and I got the job and I started so I finished school in December and in January I started flight attendant training in Montreal it was so cold I remember my fingers <laughs> being so cold 
<laughs> there was like this one part where you had to put out a fire, like a real like with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. I literally and I had like acrylic nails. I was pretty sure they all popped off because it was like trying to work <laughs> this like fire extinguisher. It was nuts. So then <laughs> I didn't know that that's how you got into it. I knew obviously that you were a flight attendant. I didn't know that that's how it all started. I know. So my uncle Stephen was like, oh. He was like, oh, my God, Amanda should do this. And then so then I did end up moving to Toronto and I lived in Toronto for like two years ish, just shy of two years in that time frame had met a boy. Um, I know. Right. This boy was a pilot. So it was even more cliche. It was oh, like that's perfect. Flight attendant pilot Gotta situation. Love it. Cute. Right. Um, and then the airline that we worked for went under. So I had previously quit because let's just say like the hours that flight attendants have to pull are not like in my lifestyle like it was, <laughs> it was like there was a lot of like red eyes and those mm. were painful i am not programmed to be awake between the hours of like two and five it's not no nah, you're not okay. a sleeper it's yeah, okay it's good um so then the airline went down i had been doing kind of these odd jobs thinking about going back to school <coughs> and Dean, the boy, ended up taking a gig overseas. And so he his life took him to Asia and I really liked him. And I was like, how can we stay together? And we realized that Vancouver would have been a great option because that's where a lot of international flights end up. So we moved to Vancouver. Um, fast forward a few years. I had some great jobs, ended up doing like, you know, administration for this insurance company, ran this team across Canada. It was a wonderful experience professionally uh, but then an opportunity came up for Dean to get another gig in Malaysia and at the time we were not married we had no kids but you know when you just know with your person like he was like my person um and so I remember sitting around and so there was this opportunity for this job and he was like I think we should do it and I was like uh I think we should get hitched because I <laughs> <laughs> you want that security <laughs> I was like I need that piece of paper um because like let's be honest here I was this independent person woman living mm-hmm. in Canada I did not have the education to back up what I was doing professionally like I had taken some certifications within insurance which provided me with an amazing salary and I was getting these opportunities professionally to like take over different departments and like there was a lot of potential in this company mm-hmm. and I'm thinking I'm not walking away from this money and this stability and my friends because when I was in Vancouver I really established myself as an adult I found hobbies I found mm-hmm. people I found purpose and like things I enjoyed um so we decided you know what let's do it let's get married this mm-hmm. is going to be an adventure so we got hitched uh, a couple months later, we moved to Penang, Malaysia, and that is where my journey online started. So here I was sitting there growing a human, feeling rather isolated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an amazing experience, but there were parts of it that were very lonely and there was a lot of tears and a lot of like McDonald's runs because I'm just going <laughs> to give you like a life hack. <laughs> like if you're feeling isolated and alone in a foreign place, McDonald's tastes the same everywhere. Those fries will always comfort you. They will. And the Big Mac sauce, same here, same there, same sauce. So, which is a little concerning because you're like, how do they ship that shit around the world? But it's fine. And have it all (laughs) taste the same. All the same. Mm. So, you know, it was weird. It was a strange time. But at the time, so this would have been 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, 2012 is when I started my channel. So there was like a period of about six months to a year where I was like, there's something happening on YouTube and people keep coming back and people are creating communities. Like we didn't quite know what subscribe was and mm-hmm. follow and subscribers, right. but I could sense it. And I was like, you know, I'm comfortable in front of a camera looking back. I wasn't that comfortable, but I got there. Um, <laughs> but I was like, this is an interesting time of life. And if for nothing else, it would be so cool to document parts of it. Mm-hmm. But side note, I was like, I also think I could create these connections with people who are going through similar things, early motherhood, like me, and like find people. Mm -hmm. And that was like how everything kind of, I want to say exploded, but it was like a little firework. It just was the spark. It was was the spark to the the flame, the Kindle, all that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. So what is your advice then having gone to (laughs) Vancouver and gone to Toronto and gone to Penang? What is your advice for people that are trying to establish themselves as adults? Hmm. Okay. So first of all, you have to give yourself time. I think especially now more than ever, people want immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. That is a myth because 
like the job that I worked in, for example, in Vancouver. So I was there for four years, just about. I like quadrupled my salary in four years. Incredible. Right? Heck, I mean, I got stories upon stories about that, how to ask for more money, to know your worth, to work hard, to make sacrifices, all those good things, right? Yes. But if you told the girl on day three of that very crappy job, like just tough it out four more years. Like, I don't know if I would have enjoyed that mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, it seems so far away. But in hindsight, I'm like, I can't believe it was only four. Like it just went like in a, like so quickly. Yes. After <clears> looking <throat> back on it, you're like in yeah. the big picture. That was a very brief stint of time. Yeah. And like not. OK, so how do I say this? Every ex- so experiences are not always going to be like wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's literally just a paycheck and that's okay. And I think that like the young people of today, I appreciate where we're going and where the climate is where it's like, oh, I want to benefit from this experience. Yes. But that's not reality. Like mm-hmm. there's got to be some grit and some scars that come from experiences. And like sometimes that means you work like I work. This was pre me too movement. So I work for some pretty awful gender stereotypes and it was like sexual harassment in the workplace but that said I made a ton of money and I lived a great life and Mm -hmm. it allowed me to have enjoyment outside of the work hours so I feel like right now there's this huge like I must feel gratified at all time and that is a load of bs and I feel like if you're walking the earth thinking that you are going to be constantly disappointed number one yes (laughs) that's that's such a good point I absolutely agree right yeah because just like everything, you go to the gym, mm-hmm. you don't see those abs popping after three weeks. You're like, not for me. <laughs> you're, you're getting those McDonald's <laughs> fries because you need that comfort. Right. But like if you toughed it out for three months. Yes. Hell yes. Those abs are popping through. Like mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Absolutely. <coughs> okay. So that was the first part. I had a really other great thought, but then it got late. Hold on. So, this, oh, and the other thing. Yes. Moving to new places. So again, the whole concept of time. Um, I personally feel like two years in a place is just enough time to decide which how you feel about it. So like if you're going to go somewhere new and live somewhere new, three months, six months, eh, okay, you get like a taste. You dip your toe in yeah. a little bit. You can't tell if the water's hot or cold or yeah. if it's just your sweat. Right, exactly. And yeah. it's like it's like a yummy appetizer, right? Mm-hmm. But like allow the main course to settle in allow the dessert to arrive enjoy that coffee after dinner like you need two years okay for a few reasons one to find people mm-hmm. right that you want to hang out with two to find things like the grocery store and the <laughs> dentist <laughs> the priorities <and laughs> you know if you have like a dog i'm thinking about places i've lived like where you walk the dog hikes you like to take locally mm-hmm. like you know where you're like, oh my god, I love to have tapas at this place. Well, how would you know that if you haven't lived in that place and experienced those things? And like, I suppose the other part of it is any place that you go, it's like, live there, be there. You know, when I lived in Malaysia, I did something a little different than a lot of expats. Most expats would return home every three to six months. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's part of their contract, like their employers. But because we were hired by a local airline, that wasn't part of the deal. We were like locals. You were in it. We were in it. So mm-hmm. I only came back to Canada twice in four and a half years, which the family, my ex, you know, my family kind of had a little trouble with, but I was like, eh, planes work both ways. Um, True. Right? Yeah. And I was growing humans and having babies. And so it was a very busy time, but al- it allowed me to establish roots and connection to a place because I was there. Absolutely. Present. You're instead of wishing you were somewhere else and constantly thinking about somewhere else, you're like, let's make this experience my current experience. Exactly. Except when it was like fall and like pumpkin spice lattes would come out. My husband still talks about I hate pumpkin spice lattes. But for some reason, when you're away from them, you're like, now I need them. I need them. And like you couldn't. And I was just like, oh, my God, Dean, can you imagine like the feeling of cold air on your face? (laughs) (laughs) I love fall. I don't know what I would do if I was somewhere without fall. Honestly, seasons are amazing when you're Mm -hmm. accustomed to them. So, you know, it was, you know, it's hard sometimes to be other places. And you do fantasize about being home. You get FOMO to the max, but push through it because... I just think there's so much more to be gained if you open your eyes to what's around you, like right now in front of you. you Absolutely. Know? So 
in terms of kind of opening your eyes and what's around you, how would you, with all this experience, with where you're at in life now, everything combined, how would you describe your happy place? <laughs> you're sitting in it. <laughs> we're sitting in so my office. There you go. Yeah. I was going to say, share a little bit more. Share kind of your emotions and feelings and journey and what this room means to you. Because I know the story. I you helped do. put up the baseboards <laughs> in this story. Yes, you did. But... I want everyone else to hear it. Okay, so I think that when you are a woman and then you add a mother to that dynamic, however you came into motherhood, it doesn't matter, but the fact that you're like caring for other people, it is so hard to carve out time for yourself. So to then want to build a business that you are the center of you know, you're the person who has to be doing the things, the podcasting, the video, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I started this gig at the kitchen table with a baby in a ring sling bouncing on an exercise ball, teaching myself how to edit videos. I love that. It's wild. <laughs> I love it. And those kids would fall asleep within seconds because I bounced oh, pretty yeah. like and aggressively. So they <laughs> were not like, going <laughs> to comment. <laughs> those boobs <laughs> held them in place. But um, so here I was doing all of this at the kitchen table. And then, you know, trying to explain to people that I see potential in what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but nobody really quite understanding eight years ago. Um, Trying, you know, having the conversations with your husband that's like, um, could you maybe get a job that's like generating income? And Mm -hmm. I was like, just give me a year. And then that year came and went and I did it. And then I was still at the kitchen table and I built this business from like 10 PM till 2 AM for many, many, many years. And then I was in a basement, a partially unfinished cold AF basement. Oh, that's the worst. (sighs) You're so cold. You feel it like on the top of your toes. Yeah, man. Mm. And it never was warm enough. And then when you add, like, you know, when you get tired at night and then you're sitting there in the cold, shivering, (laughs) kind of sad spiders (laughs) and like this thing. So I did that for many years, but you know, and then to be in a place where this very cool job Mm -hmm. has been very lucrative for me and my family and allowed me to buy a new house. Yeah. And this house had a very specific room above the garage. So we're talking like stairs you walk up instead of down to go to an office. Step up, step (gasps) up, literally and figuratively. Literally. And my husband and I recognize that like I am, you know, this this creative space is required to do what I do. And we spent the time and he spent the time putting this room together. And so this is like my place. And Mm -hmm. it makes me, I mean, I put a whole video together on YouTube and it makes me very overwhelmed to think about not only is it a space for me to come and sit and create, but the energy in this room is just delicious to me. It's beautiful. It just, I feel like the power of women who came before me in this space. That sounds Mm -hmm. dramatic, but it's like, I love it, you know, and I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's a space just for me. That's really hard to do as a grown up. It sounds kind of bizarre. No, it makes sense. My, you know, you're everybody's got a room you, even like your own bedroom isn't even your own bedroom if you have a partner you know yeah. there's nothing really that you get to call your own but this room is all mine and it's just magic because it's significant you know it's like it's not just me who thinks I'm worthy my husband recognizes my worth and put the time and effort in to create it and yeah it's like a magical little Amanda Muse den a I little love it. space yeah beautiful so in that you had mentioned quite a few times the concept of your worth Mm -hmm. and knowing your worth and how would you advise people to best find and recognize and advocate for themselves in terms of their worth whether it's with a partner whether it's with your business and explaining it to your family if maybe you're an entrepreneur or just doing a job that's a little out of the ordinary um but how would you best advise someone to kind of hold their worth and express it Mm, that's tricky well it definitely takes like you know, I like to, I'm very like visual. So I like to think of like, you have to take a long walk in the snow and like really think about what it is that you want. Cause that's like, that is a tricky thing for women, whether you're talking professionally in relationships, Mm -hmm. sexually, like Mm -hmm. it is a challenging thing for women to say, I want this for me because so often as women, we are doing things for other people. 
or doing things because other people enjoy it. We're very good at like playing yes. roles. I yes. know that so-and-so will enjoy this. I will be that person. Maybe it's not always that dramatic, but like, you know, and so I find that like it takes some time to start kind of like slowly carving away. Is it, what do I like? What do I, you know, mm-hmm. what do I value? What's important to me? And then to start to prioritize that time to do that because you believe you're worthy. And then by creating that space to do it, you then are setting an example for other people yes. to learn how to treat you. Right. Absolutely. So like, you know, I remember being like 23 and going into an office and (laughs) demanding a salary that was like crazy high and sweating, but knowing that I put the work in and I proved myself time and time again and that they would be fools to not give it to me. And if they didn't give it to me, I would have walked. Well, guess what? Absolutely. I gave out that energy and they gave it to me. And I still walked out of that office and cried my eyes out because I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God, like, what just happened? <laughs> and, I, and maybe it's a similar thing. Like when I cried when this office was finally done, because I was like, oh, like I don't just see my worth. Other people recognize it. Now, is it important for everybody else to like validate you in that way? No. And it's something I work on to not require exterior like validation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think it comes down to like you. So like you set the tone for how you are going to treat you and you set the tone for how other people are going to treat you and to know your boundaries. So like if people walk right past that boundary that you've set, they've proven themselves, they are no longer worthy of your time. So like a bye bye. And that's uncomfortable because like those people could be family. Absolutely. Close family. And sometimes you have to. And I've done that. And we talk about those things. And it's yes, it is not easy. Right. No, it's never easy, especially when it's people. Um, and I reference this constantly. It's grieving that gap. And this is something that my therapist had introduced to me. Um, but it can apply to any situation in any relationship, whether it's workplace, whether it's personal. But you're grieving what you thought would come out of something versus what actually happened. So that can be, yeah, you place a boundary with a family member and you really think that it's going to go well and you're going to have a prosperous, respectful relationship and it doesn't go well and that fizzles out and you're grieving that because that's what you really hoped for. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. But it's a tricky ans- it's a tricky thing, right? Your like your worth. Mm-hmm. I think it's because if you don't believe it, how the hell is anybody else going to believe it? Right. Amen. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So in terms of all the work that you do online, would you consider yourself a creative person in what ways? And would you consider what you produce to be a form of art Hmm, or how do you define art? That's interesting. It's funny that you ask me that because I never really considered myself creative in that way. Interesting. I always thought like if I was going to be a video creator, even though I use the term creator, I think more like to me, that's like a worker. Yes. Like a producer of it. Yes, almost. Exactly. Yeah. So if I was going to be t- producing like a video that had this like beautiful visuals and there was a story and actors and blah, blah, blah. And it like left you with a message that was art. You know, yes. I was like, that's creating. But then... <coughs> I remember I went to this Buffer Fest thing in Toronto, yes, which is like kind of this bougie film festival for YouTubers, which even if you can tell from my tone, I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, I think we went one year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Man. yeah. So I get it. They're trying to like do a thing. It's cool. Let's support people. Awesome. Except they don't support everybody. It's not very inclusive, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> there's <laughs> a little, a little salt a and pepper ageism on it. happening there. It's fine. Um, but I remember expecting to see a certain type of creator only and mm-hmm. then I realized oh wait there's creators like me who are talking about things like I call them like you know chatting you sit down a sit down chat on the camera yeah where there's not a lot of flair you're literally just having a conversation with people and I've realized that like you know the art ne- isn't necessarily going to look like what you think is like a beautiful painting or something mm-hmm. it's I think there is an art to creating community and, you know, bringing people together because of a message and making people feel less alone in the world. And so now I see myself like the tapestry that I've woven kind of thing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. 
it took a minute to recognize it because I was like, no, I'm just, who, who is Amanda? Oh, I'm just extremely hardworking, mm-hmm. consistent. I show up when I say I'm going to show up. Yeah. Um, I'm passionate about what I talk about. So I'm just like, that's who I am. But actually, I've built this network of people who don't all think the same, but are willing to have conversations about really interesting topics. And so I do see it as an art form now, but like not 100%. You know, okay, yeah, it's petting, it's loading, it's yeah. loading, it's started. Yes, it's not and like, fully there. I call this my creative space because now I'm doing more things. You know, like mm-hmm. I've created the podcast. I'm looking at Instagram a little differently and how I create, and so it's exciting to constantly be thinking about like what's the next frontier in terms of how people are consuming content. What more could I bring the t- to the table? You know, in my own mm-hmm. flair. Um, but yeah, it's tricky because it's still, I think you still kind of have to justify what you do when you say like, Oh, what do you do again? Oh, I'm a YouTuber. People are like, really? Yeah. You're like, no, it's, it's a lucrative business. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you come sit down and take two hours of footage and put it into 14 and with transitions and text and overlays and Mm -hmm. sound and sync the audio because you have to set up the audio and then tell me that this is just a little, well, that's so easy. Anybody can do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. And again, coming back to the worthiness, like, Mm-hmm. You know, where where are you looking for validation? Where is that coming from? Or do you just get to say, I am a creative? And so I recognize I am. I'm Good. inspired by nature. I'm inspired by people and yes. connection. And so I constantly seek out the good feelings, you know? Yes. So out of this, um, I can't imagine that you, when you were a little girl, went to school and said, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. So what did you think that as a child, like, what did you think you would be when you grew up and how did that kind of shape you mentally for where you are now in your career? It's funny that you asked me that question because when I was little, um, and don't you say ad- you said YouTuber, <laughs> not at all. It didn't exist. But when I was little, there was a couple of things, but as I got older, I remember thinking like, I can't quite decide what it's going to be, but I know I just want to be happy. Yes. And I know that sounds like dramatic, but and like silly maybe, but I didn't have the easiest go, like the easiest Mm -hmm. start. You know, I had my parents divorce when I was seven and it wasn't the worst divorce that ever existed, but you know, there's certain personality types that are tricky that were in my house as I was growing up. That you need to maneuver. Exactly. And you know, I had some trust issues because I had a parent live across the street one day and then the next day they were living in a different province but didn't tell me so there was would cause a few that was some there was some hurt Mm -hmm. um some lack of communication and stuff and I remember thinking like all I want to do is wake up in the morning and open the curtains and whatever is faced you know whatever is going to come in that day I will decide how I feel it will not be impacted by anybody around me no one's going to set the tone for my day but me damn it you know yes and so I have to admit that like here we are I'm a grown-ass lady and mission accomplished because I chose a partner who gives me freedom who is confident in himself and independent I have children who are pretty awesome kind of annoying sometimes when they're like <laughs> that's so cute they're just so cute they're not they're, they're flexing their independence too um and I literally get to wake up and set the tone for my day and I could it, it like makes me feel weepy because it's like you know, that to me, you can't take the degrees with you when you go, you can't take mm-hmm. your money, you can't take your cool ass rug, <laughs> like you can't take any of it. Yeah. Y- you literally get to, f- I feel like you're going to reflect, it's going to be like this little picture situation where all highlight these little reel. moments, highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel that like warm sunshine on my face and like smell like the trees that I'm walking in the forest and feel kisses from my babies and all those good things and know that like I made choices that enabled me to have a life where I felt true happiness in moments because it's moments it's not like permanent state of bliss no I lose my shit and yell at people trust (laughs) but like but like I genuinely have beautiful moments yes and I'm like I worked to create a life where those pop up you made it for yourself damn straight so what are some challenges that you often face or trending challenges that you see pop up in your life a lot I think that's a tricky one. Okay, let's see. Professionally, I feel like it's constantly um, pushing the image and trying to change the image of what a mother is. 
So Mm -hmm. like when I first became a YouTuber, it was a lot of like mom life videos. What my baby eats, you know, what's my eight month old doing now? And like updates. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the mode of life I was in. That was what I was sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt such a resistance eventually because at the time it wasn't cool to have your babies in your Instagram. Well, first of all, Instagram wasn't around, but like it wasn't cool to be all mom stuff. Moms were pushed in the far corner not treated with respect in terms of creating you were just a mom yeah that becomes your full your full-time label Mm -hmm. I still feel I get cringy when someone's like oh you're a mommy blogger I'm like I'm sorry are you new like (laughs) nope (laughs) I'm like you're no 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 you need to take that it's like calling what do they used to call flight attendants um stewardess mm. it's like that word to me when someone's oh, like mommy gross. blogger i'm like oh that is not You're okay like, absolutely not <laughs> no it is 2020 friends like yeah. we do not say that. so no i'm a creator i mm-hmm. also happen to be a woman and a mother and a partner and 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 and, and all these amazing things but to only identify with that label mm-hmm. pains me you know and i feel yeah. like there is some injustice done to women it's like you become a mother and everything else falls to the wayside. Mm-hmm. You could have been an engineer for 15 years. Top of your game. No one gives a shit because now you're knee deep in dirty diapers. So that bugs me. That really gets me going. That's as you fair. Can tell. Yep. That's yep. flame there. Okay. <laughs> I wanted so, to start the fire a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, other challenges I feel are, what other challenges do I have? I mean, personally, I struggle with um, setting personal goals yeah. that are only important to me. So mm. I've recently learned that I am an obliger. There's this yes. really like cool um, quiz you can do. Oh, did you have mentioned did this. Did I mention this? Yes. You need to share yeah. it and I'll put it in the link of this episode. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So it's, there's a podcast called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. It's very fun. I think I listen to that in the bath sometimes. See? And she's so damn cheerful. You want to be put in a good mood, feel like you can conquer shit. Exactly. Listen to that one. Um, And she has this quiz you can do where it tells you like your personality type. And so I discovered recently I'm an obliger, which means if I make a commitment to you or like to my audience on Instagram, I'm like 100% going to follow through. Yes. But if I set a personal goal, I'm like, meh. Nobody knows. You're like it's quiet. Right. I can edit it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just push Change pause. the timeline <laughs> a little exactly. bit. Add a couple years. So I tend to like disappoint myself in that way. Um, like where I'll start getting really into my fitness and then I'll slack. And I mm-hmm. really beat myself up about that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Amanda, be proactive with things. You know, when you know fall is coming and you're going to like dip a bit, like get that happy laid out. So I'm trying to do be better in that way. Mm-hmm. Um did I have to give you a certain number of challenges? Did no. you say three? No, nope. I have three in my mind. I mean, you can give us three. Let's see. I think those are two big ones. And I guess the other thing is like to to just, um, not that I struggled uh, like all the time with this, mm-hmm. but to find the balance of who Amanda is online versus the private life Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... In Keeping the, the privacy. Yes. I uh, As my children get older... The focus has never really been 100% on them. It's like they are color in my life. And so mm-hmm. we see them occasionally. Um, but n- of course, as they get older, their respect and privacy like is of you know utmost important to me, uh, importance. So I am thinking about like content and how I create around their lives. But then also in the last few years, it's like creating hours, like office hours, you know? So yeah. having that structure. Yeah. Yeah. So like... I work until I pick them up from school and then I'm very in like intermittent online and then I pop back up again once they go to bed and you know it's like this balance of like I this is how I make my income so I need to be present yes but also I am a parent and most people are not working 24 hours a day seven days a week so like how do I find that balance and so you know the infamous is balance even attainable who knows but I work to strive for that you know yes That's absolutely fair. So what is one piece of advice that you could give everybody in the world? Hmm. Let me think about that. A piece of advice. (coughs) This came up recently and I was reminded of it. I can't take any credit for it. Dean told me and who knows where Dean heard this. So Dean is my husband. He's a wise Um, man. He is. I always love our chats. I'm like, I walk away. I'm like, damn, I'm so motivated right now. He's just got great stories. He's also a touch older, right? So he's got mm-hmm. more life experience. So Magic. that always helps. It is. Um, but he, I remember being like, 
I had quit my job as a flight attendant because I just, the lifestyle was not for me and they were not paying me near enough to be doing those crazy hours and like, hell no. So I quit that job, but I'm a worker. So then I got two more jobs. And so I was like serving in a bar and I was working in a tanning salon and doing all these things. And anyway, and I remember feeling so discouraged. Like I have so much to offer this world. I didn't know in what capacity yet, but I felt like these jobs not beneath me, but like I shouldn't be, I should be doing something else. I should be making more money. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like when is my life going to start, you know? And like these people I felt like were, there's kind of like this crabs in the bucket thing where like you're trying to do more and be more and the crabs keep pulling you down. Okay. I felt like that for my, some members of my immediate family. I felt like I couldn't cut the umbilical cord. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the money to go to the places I wanted to go. You know, I was dating someone who was older and a little bit more established. So I felt a little bit like insecure about that. And he finally sat me down one day and he was like, listen, babe, it's just like, these people are just scenery and you're simply passing through. And if you think about that visually for a second, like, yeah, these people are going to be on this corner for who knows how long, maybe the rest of their boring lives. Yeah. And I'm here, but for just a fleeting moment Mm -hmm. because I need to get this money in the bank. I need to pay down that student loan, whatever the hell it is at that young time. But just to keep putting one foot in front of the other, because you just don't know what's coming. Absolutely. And like lesson, there's been some hard moments and Mm -hmm. lessons learned, uh, whether I wanted to learn them or not. Yeah. Um, but if there's anything, it's just just keep on going. Or like that Dory thing. Just keep swimming. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Can you make that voice again? Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but yeah, like for real. Because it's, and that really stayed with me. And like, I remember just taking like a deep breath and being like, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. and like, you know, honestly, I quit that job. I have never seen those people since. Exactly. This is pre-Facebook. So I don't have to ever see them again. <laughs> like, bye. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. As I moonwalk my ass out of there. Change your last name on Facebook so they can't find you 10 Heck years yes. later. <laughs> it ain't even there. Exactly. So, but yeah, it, so that was like a really great lesson. It's like, just keep going. And like, and, and if you think about, you know, even people who want to be a creator and who want to do mm-hmm. these cool things, like w- it's never too late. Yeah. I meet a lot of people who are like, you know, my age and older who feel like, oh no, this industry is only for young people. That's garbage. Everybody's using tech. There's oh, a, everybody. There's a place for everyone's voice, face, yes. whatever. Um, but if you compare your day three to someone's day 9,000, no. Like this office, I mean, I still have the first mic that I bought and it's still great. You yeah. Know? But it's you acquire things slowly. And it's like, again, it, coming back to what we spoke about at the top of the episode, it's like time. It's not this instant gratification. You yes. know, it takes time, Baby you know, steps. you buy your first house, it's small and then you get a bigger house and then you keep going, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just scenery and you're passing through. I love that. So before we wrap up one more question, <laughs> what, I- okay, there's two more questions, but one's a wrapping one. So what is one fun or crazy or wild travel story? Because I always love when we're eating dinner at your house and you share one of them and I literally almost <laughs> choke and I'm like what are you talking about I didn't even know this so let's hear one of them okay this one it make, make me sweat but I feel like it's related <laughs> to like <laughs> what we were just talking about it. so it's late as we're recording this right so my yes. kids are asleep and Patra put one down I put the other one well my daughter was having like tummy ache mm-hmm. situation and she kept saying she was gonna vomit and listen <laughs> I don't do so well with throw up no this story is why so okay i'm ready i think you probably know it but so basically living in penang yeah our condo was about to get all of the tiles or a bunch of tiles ripped out and put back (laughs) in now if anyone listening has been to southeast asia this is a thing people buy new condos so i'm talking like different levels of floors Mm -hmm. they don't just put carpet down oh no no they don't just keep the tile they rip that stuff out i'm talking with a jackhammer and then put new tile down. I mean, naturally, you can't have someone else's foot sweat under now, yours. Fair enough. A lot of like bare feet, but like horrifying. So anyway, so much jackhammering that the tiles in our condo started to pop up because like you mm. can't have a j- like science people you can't have a jackhammer yeah. on one side and it's not going to change the flow it's of the building. It's not going to affect oh, the other side. Horrifying. So <laughs> I see you sweating. I'm like so mad by this. I'm like flashbacks. So okay. So we then were like. We need to go. We knew this tile was going to be ripped up. It's going to be like dust and everything everywhere. Oh, it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. So we said, we'll go to Bali. 
we were going to go for like two weeks, 14 days in Bali. So obviously Penang, Malaysia to Indonesia is like no big deal. Yeah. So, well, about a week before we go, I find out I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Well, it wasn't a surprise. We were working pretty hard at that. It was fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time. Practice makes perfect, baby. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so we find out I'm pregnant. And there's this thing that can happen sometimes to pregnant women where you get like pregnancy anxiety. Okay. It's like full on panic because you don't, I mean, also my personality type, if I haven't done something before, your girl going to panic. Mm-hmm. Like I need to know all the ins and outs, like timelines, what, dates, specific everything. hours, what's normal, what's not, what mm-hmm. to expect. I want to know everything. Maybe that's why I started my YouTube channel. Come to think of it. So I can like help educate. Who knows? Ooh, look at us getting right. Deep. Could be. Yeah. Uh, so here I was pregnant and I was like, no, we're not going to panic. We're okay. Well, I got like a little bit of anxiety, which created like, you know, this shortness of breath and it was hot. Mm-hmm. And like when I had to pee, I had to pee, you know, like yep. I couldn't find toilets fast enough. I was convinced that every time we were in a restaurant, <laughs> Dean's food came first. And I was just starting <laughs> to get mad. <laughs> You're like, this is sexist. Like, I don't like is, it. There is discrimination. I am pregnant. and I, Like you couldn't tell. I was like yeah. six weeks pregnant. Come on. Um, but it was so hot. So like, okay, also side note, like I'm all cute in like Southeast Asia, but like I'm really, my DNA is like genetically with like Welsh and like Irish roots. So like I do well in like cool climates with like drizzles of rain. Mm. You know what I mean? My mm-hmm. fair skin. So <laughs> it was very hot and I was so thirsty all the time. I needed electrolytes. It was a thing. Yep. So we're in Bali <coughs> and I was eating this rendang beef curry. It was so sitting on the beach I had a little icy beverage it was like a club soda Mm -hmm. and lime there was ice cubes in it I'm thinking that might have been the culprit not entirely Mm. sure well it was so good I was gonna have rendang again so the next day I had this beef rendang little club soda and then we got back to the hotel that night now we were switching hotels that day because like you know you can't see we were like every four days we were changing hotels or whatever (coughs) and um, I remember saying to Dean like oh I'm not feeling so good, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. a little sweaty, but I'm like, it must be pregnancy stuff. Yeah. Start to get a little bit of like TMI, but like a little bit diarrhea. And I was like, yeah, oh, probably pregnancy stuff. Cause you can have like loose bowels and all sorts of weird stuff happens to your body when you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was like, this must be normal. But then I was like, oh, I'm setting up camp in this bathroom. Like, <laughs> like I'm not like, okay. This is my home now. I live here. So we changed hotels and we had like these little huts. Well, not a hut. It was like fully air conditioned, cute room. So Dean's at the pool and I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling so good. I'm going to go back to the hotel room. I became so unwell so quickly that I couldn't get a hold of Dean. I'm literally sweating. Hold on. I know. I was like, I see you (sighs) in distress right now. My physical self is changing. Let's get through the fast (laughs) part of the end of the story. (laughs) Long story short, I literally had to call the front desk. Mm -hmm. I was in tears. Please find my husband. I'm like dying. Yeah. I essentially got a severe case of Bali belly is what it's called. Like intense food poisoning. I have never been that unwell in all of my life. I also don't think my husband has ever seen. I've like just to paint a picture. So I was literally, (laughs) (laughs) can I be vulgar? I was like shitting in the toilet vomiting in the shower oh god at the same time (laughs) (laughs) and holding on to dean for dear life who was standing in front of me i thought i was dying and i'm pregnant and i'm that's a good time i was like (laughs) this is the end (laughs) (laughs) this is the end please and and i i hate anyway i hate throwing up blah 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 oh we know from this i got some anxiety because i have a little ptsd from this experience actually which is probably why i'm sweating but um i this was hours of this I, how could there be anything left in my person? Okay. Right. So do you like, that's fuck. a left lung. Oh, it's done. D- and Dean was like, I'm just gonna shut my eyes for five minutes. But if you need to get up, you tell me also side note, I have like a history of like, if I get very dehydrated of passing out and like seizing, like having a seizure. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm a, I, that's a nice combination. I mean, what kind of delicate flower we got going on over here? Like I can handle things, but not dehydration. So then, <laughs> but not a <laughs> lack of water guys. <laughs> I don't do well. So then ultimately what ended up happening is I was like, oh, I just got to go one more time. He was asleep. I felt bad. I didn't want to wake him up. Well, of course, I then go to the bathroom. There ain't nothing left. My blood pressure drops. I drop off the toilet. (laughs) Have a full on dehydration seizure. My face is smashing against a wall or the door, which is then hitting me in the face constantly. Dean wakes up to bang, bang, bang. And he's like, what is happening? He comes in the bathroom. 
my face is a bloody mess. I have split my lip open. Oh, it's in, my lip is like in two full pieces. And he's just like, oh, what have you done? And I was like, I feel so much better. Because <laughs> you know when you've just like been sick? Yeah, you're like, it's fine. <coughs> I'm like, I'm fine now. And he's like, okay. So he didn't want me to panic. So he yeah. gets me like a face towel cloth to like hold it. He's like, don't, mm-hmm. it's fine. You don't need to look. So he wipes me down and gets me all good. He's very good with that. He's he, like, I will take care of you. Oh, he, qu- yeah. he ma- causes me to question my ability to nurture. <laughs> Same so, here. Like, oh. He does something. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't have even thought of no. that, but okay. Like, I'm like, be like, what would Dean do? I need to wear like a bracelet. What would Dean do when the kids are sick? Like <laughs> even they cry for daddy. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know I'm not either. dad. I'll let you rub your legs. Um, <laughs> in the legs. end, I had to get stitches in my face. Oh my God. In the hotel room. It was a Balinese holiday. So they had to call a surgeon who was in full Balinese, like formal wear, which is this beautiful wrap skirt, this cute hat. So he comes to the house, finds oh it super God. cool that my husband's a pilot. So they start talking and I'm like, um, I've got a thing, like a lip. Yeah. Anyway, we'll figure this out. And fortunately, like by the time that that seizure had, that was the end of the sickness. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing left. God. Um, and so <laughs> then they brought in a nurse. And then to be honest, like the scary part about it is I was not sure I was pregnant anymore because I thought, right, how could I have gone through all of that and still be pregnant? Well, that was Esme. That baby won't go nowhere. That explains. She's that explains that fire. She's like, I'm here now. I'm <laughs> staying forever. Yeah. Um, and so fortunately, I was still pregnant, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Ended up with a couple stitches in my lip. And my lip still is like a little off in the center, which like flares up every now, now and I'm then. Now I'm trying to stare, but you got the microphone in the way. I can't see it. Um, <laughs> Moves big, it closer. Big old black eye for like the oh remainder of the trip. And so just imagine, <laughs> so you've got this black eye, huge like patch on my mouth. Because <laughs> of <laughs> I couldn't laugh. And I am very animated and giggly. Yes, you so are. I laugh and I'd be like, dude, oh my don't remember a lot. Like, he's couldn't. funny. He's funny. And then you've got this, I was younger. So you had mm-hmm. this very obviously younger woman married to this <laughs> man. I look like I've been beaten. Oh it was, God. I was always like, no, like he didn't, it wasn't. You're like, no, it, it was wasn't, a door. Like, a, do you want to hear the story? <laughs> like, we can sit down. I'll tell you the story. I'll sweat a little bit. Honest but. to God, I never want to go back to Bali again. We did meet a really nice couple who we're still well, friends with to this day from That's Alaska. That's amazing. Um, that was a wild experience. And then the cherry on top is that because we were in, uh, Bali for two full weeks, this happened like day three, the stitch was not like a melting stitch. So like I had to get the stitch removed, but then it was like about seven days old by the time I got to get it removed in Malaysia. Mm. So it hurt on the way in, it hurt on the way out, girl man okay i knew like half that story i didn't know it got to the point of lip splitting and wow (laughs) wow yeah it was fun Woo! (laughs) good time good time i was expecting you to say you know one time i took a boat and then i jumped off and i swam with some fish and then i took a picture with a whale i was wild or something wow yeah i love it I love it. It's always good when you can laugh about it afterwards because at the time you're like, I think I'm dying. Oh, and then of course, stitches in. Good old husband, knows his wife well. Dean's like, I'm going to get you some McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) That comfort food comes in all international. All good days, trauma, nothing that a Big Mac can heal. So Dean went and got me. He got Mac. And you know, it's like love when he comes back with like multiple burger options that I can just like pick what I want. Rather than just like, oh, here's the bare minimum. No, no. you you got options. All the options, all the sauces. Yeah, I survived it. That is the best. God damn. Wow. What a story. Yeah. What a story. (laughs) (laughs) You're still a little sweaty, I can tell. Uh, So what is your current purpose right now like is there anything that you're currently working on anything that you know you have this vision and you want to hit it Mm. like what's your I know you recently did something big you opened for a talk show is that something that you want to pursue more like what's that look like for you what's that future goal coming in it's true I forgot about that see I set personal goals and I'm like it's whatever that's why I'm holding you accountable right right now honest (laughs) to god okay so yeah actually that is something so what I've done And I don't really, I haven't like shared this part publicly, but Mm -hmm. if you were really paying close attention, you would notice, but I've reduced how much I output on a weekly basis. Like I went from like three YouTube videos to one, Mm -hmm. one podcast every week to every other week. Yeah. Um, and a little bit less on Instagram. So what that's done and it, 
it's 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 freed up quite a bit of time to allow me to work on different things so you know to put a little bit more effort into the video creation um to look at it from more of a creative element and be creative with it rather than just slapping videos up because i promised i would get one up on a tuesday and a thursday and a sunday you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i'm really like pulling back to give me some time to breathe and have that space to like, what do I want to do next? Like, mm-hmm. and this allowed me to be available to open a show for my friend. Yeah. And I would like to add some more of these live, um, in-person things. Like I've done a lot of live television, which I really enjoy. Yes. It's super fun. It's very it like fun. Adrenaline. And it's fun on set. The one time I came oh, with yeah. you and I see the whole behind the scenes. Right. It's a good time. It's like a whole adrenaline thing. It's super fun. But speaking in front of a live audience is very different. Mm-hmm. You're really like connecting with the person like in the moment. Um, you are a connector. Right. Yeah. And so it's something that I'd like to pursue and do more of. So I would say that's something that I'm honing in on. And like, I don't take it lightly either. Like I do the research of like, you know, what about stage presence? How do you articulate a story in a way that's going to be received well by many, not just one type of person, you know, and mm-hmm. um, speaking to not just women, but women and others. And so, yeah, it's like it's a new skill that I'm not 100% great at yet. Yeah. So it's uncomfortable. But, unco- you know, when you get uncomfortable is when growth happens. And so Courage I'm excited. Over comfort. Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad that the first episode of season two was with you. Yay. Thank you for having me. So can you let everyone know where they can find you if they want to hear your podcast or check out your videos or your content? Okay. So I am Amanda Muse in most places, but the podcast is The Sandwich mm-hmm. with Amanda Muse. And YouTube, Amanda Muse, M-U-S-E, and Instagram at Amanda Muse. I'm also on Facebook, um, Muse Amanda. I think that's all the places. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I hope the rest of your, I guess, is it still technically evening? What time is it? We're at 11.40. It's still technically, enjoy the last 20 minutes of your evening and then your early morning. And I have to to say, you know, this is probably the last time we're going to see each other in person for a while. I know. Well, tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see Um, you then. Going away party. But yeah, good luck on your adventure. Thank you. And I'm excited to see what comes of it, man. Thank you. You're one person that has inspired and supported since day one. Woo-woo! Look at this. I know. It's awesome. Well, thanks for having me, friend. My pleasure. Bye. Bye.